Welcome to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here, joined by Melissa Griffith for a very special episode. This is a very special episode. It was supposed to be part of the hype show that was gearing up for the South by Southwest live event. Live, coming at you live from Austin. It was, it was about to happen. It was going to drop like it was hot. We, were all, we all had our reservations. We were flying down to Austin. We were going to live large. It's a fun conference. It was going to be great. And, and then this little thing called the, the coronavirus happened. Melissa, we got to do a show. We got to talk about this because it is trending. And it's certainly trending in conferences. And it's also trending in education. So Dan and I did a show on the coronavirus. I think it was in early February. So we were on this for a little while. We knew it was coming. But it's here. And it's impacting our lives directly. So, so Melissa, how you doing? What's going on? I am not in Austin. That's all I can say. I am not in Austin. That's where right. I should be right now. I should be hanging out at a hotel pool, just enjoying life. Yeah. Preparing to do uh, South by Southwest. But I'm doing good otherwise, you know, right. safety first. I, I, we have to say that as much as we are, we may sound bitter on this show because uh, South by Southwest got canceled. I am a firm believer in safety first. Yeah. Yeah. And we should definitely talk, talk a little bit about that. You know, you have been saying you're living the dream. Right. I, I, it's I like it's been. like your it's your best life. I, so. I am. I'm living my best life. And South by Southwest apparently wasn't in my life this this year. It's it's it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to get back to that and talk a little bit about that. But just for context, for folks who may not have heard, although I think most of our listeners probably have heard late Friday, the the city of Austin. The mayor basically said South by Southwest can't happen and the organizers of South by Southwest and South by Southwest EDU complied with the direction of the mayor of Austin and I was scheduled to fly out 8 a.m. Saturday morning so it was about as late as possible for me to be canceled on and and then you I think were supposed to fly out Sunday Melissa yep. is that right yeah yep. I was good I was I was scheduled for a flight I was sure to miss this morning at yeah. 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. I'm changed. Just, so, you know. Just, just stay up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. but but it, but it it is, you know, we're living in interesting times. That was part of the idea when we first started talking about the coronavirus. And, and it's definitely, it is causing like a mass psychological phenomenon. There is mass hysteria. It is, you know, we talked about it on the previous show it did go viral. Like the social media part of the coronavirus is super interesting. And Melissa, I know you, you were just sharing your screen. Yes. Yeah, I know you're monitoring the, the big map of cases. Uh, just to curate that, you know, because that's a useful place to look. It's out of Johns Hopkins. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I guess I came across this map maybe like a week ago when I was monitoring whether South by Southwest was going to get canceled or not. So it is. It's a John Hopkins uh, case map. It, it tracks a lot of different things. If you haven't seen it, we'll post the link to it. It tells you real time how many confirmed cases, how many deaths, how many recoveries. And, and the thing that I like about it, which is what I use it more as a, a fan of data, it's, it shows you exactly where they're located. And right. it's very cool. But the thing I, I've always been pointing people to is, is to look at the trends and look at the trends rather than the aggregate number because the amount of cases is slow and uh, they yes. do a good job of graphing that. The amount of re people recovering from it is spiking. 
which right. means that two things are happening because people are catching it earlier, they're able to treat it better. And it's clearly, thing. so I, I, I see it as a reason for optimism and calm rather than a reason for hype, hysterical, which is what I think the news, the news hypes this way too much in right. my liking. Right. right? Just the combination of news, uh, like broadcast news, you know, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, you know, the broadcast networks, and then the echo chamber in social media, like the combination of those two things makes it pretty much impossible to shut this off. Yeah. Although it's not entirely impossible. I, I was, you know, talking to, talking to you, Melissa, coming in, you know, going out to a park is a healthy thing. Yes. The air is freshest in a park. I did uh, get out, Robin and I, Robin, my wife, and Matthew, my son, we got out for a walk. That's actually a good thing, uh, especially if while you're walking, you're not checking your phone to see what's happening yeah. about the, the coronavirus. So like there is a, there is a this just in breaking news element that makes it impossible to talk about anything else, you know, cause you're always yeah. going to be getting more cases. We were also saying like, you know, if we tracked the flu <laughs> as maniacally as we're tracking the coronavirus, people would never leave their homes. Arguably people will be leaving their homes less. That was the yes. macro trend we were looking at anyway. I think that trend may be accelerating and stuff like this accelerates it. Uh, any thoughts from you? Yeah, I, I, I joke, but you know, don't let a good pandemic go to waste, right? Like this is, this will allow a lot more of a move to online, a yeah. lot more of a move to people like Amazon has got to be doing well in, in, in this environment right. uh, where, because like more people are ordering in, although I, Amazon had their first cases of right. it. So that may cause some um, mass hysteria. But yeah, I think what this is going to do more than anything else is schools are going to realize they've been caught off guard. Like, yeah. So a lot of schools are going to scramble of what to do if they shut down. Like, right. I, I think the state of New Jersey just declared that they will allow homeschooling to come ah. towards the days. Like, mm. uh, like, and that's awesome. It would be, yeah. but homeschooling requires you to actually have someone at home to school you. Right. Um, that's going to cause a problem for working parents and, right. and so forth. So I think their schools need to be figuring out the hybrid approach, right? Where if this right. situation happens again, for whatever reason, that they, they have a place, like then they have yeah. something to go. So I think uh, for the companies who are ahead of it, getting in on that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help. Yeah, contingency planning and being able to deliver as someone who, yeah. you know, who's done live online for years, synchronous online, that should accelerate, I would think. Folks are going to have more readiness. I know USC and Stanford are both, uh, Stanford, yeah. I think, is fully moving its, its, its classes online, partly because there have been cases cited, you know, like that is one of the hotspots is right yeah. around Stanford. And then USC, I think, is experimenting with this just because they have, I think they have the capacity. And I, yeah. think, it's, I think it's also a place where the, the organizations and universities and schools that have the capacity to quickly go digital as an alternative, I think they're gonna be flexing that capability. And then the organizations and schools and universities that don't have that capability are gonna be looking to close that gap quickly yeah. because it does seem like we'll see more stuff like this. And that's certainly interesting. I mean, that's a trend that yeah. we're gonna to want to continue to track. Yeah, the, I agree with you. The, the other thing that's interesting to me is you talk about the conferences and you talk about the value of face-to-face. -face and 
it, we, that's the thing that's going to have to to get figured out as well. Because as much as I think South by Southwest can have an opportunity, and I think there've been rumors that they're going to do some sort of yeah. virtual South by Southwest. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a cool thing, right? But one of the benefits, and I don't know if it's set up, one of the benefits of going to something like South by Southwest is the interaction, getting to meet people, exchanging the business cards, yeah, uh, and so forth. And like, how do you translate something like that into the digital world? I'm not right. sure they've figured out. We've been experimenting with that in a right. connected workforce for years, right? And yeah. yeah. And the question is, can you do it? Is it as good to have these conversations over over the Zoom room or for example. Right. And is that, it does it does it count as drinking alone if you're having a cocktail while yeah. in a virtual happy hour? I, I would I mean, say I would say no. I don't think that's I, drinking I, I've, alone. I have said it's definitely not drinking alone. Not that you and I do that on a regular basis or anything. Like I think it's fine. I think it's it is a form of interaction. And yeah, I, well, and I think it's helpful. Yeah, and it's also uh, you know, you're interacting with people you wouldn't have interacted with otherwise. Yeah. And then I think there is the element of serendipity around face-to-face interactions. And, you know, you're in the buffet line, you're doing all these things, you know, you're shaking hands, all these things pre-corona that sounded lovely. Now, whenever I talk about it, I'm like, danger zone, danger zone, wrist point, put on, (laughs) put on your hazmat suit. I I gotta be honest. These these droplets are everywhere. I've never liked a buffet and I definitely don't like a buffet right now. I've never liked a buffet because of this reason. I'm not paranoid. I'm just practical. (laughs) It may play. I mean, honestly, I think you're right. Cause like as as a networker, you know, I never know where to like, how do you eat? How do you eat and talk to people at the same time? Like I I need to focus on what I'm focusing on. And, and then also I think the idea that some of the networking, some of the ice breaking can happen when people are more in their comfort zone of their home. It is an interesting concept, and, and it's yeah. something that I think we're going to see more of. I did want to go where you're going, too. Like, I think the, the economics of conferences and then the knock-on impact to cities that run conferences, you yeah. know, the, the economic impact of this is, is huge. I mean, the, the income loss that, yeah. that Austin is seeing, for example, for canceling South by Southwest, I've, I, it's been quoted, you know, it's hundreds of millions of dollars i think yeah. i saw it. yeah last year million, I, think, I thought i saw it. yeah 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 Yeah, i think last year they made like 435 million it was yeah. the estimated yeah. put around it. this year their projector around 380 was the number i saw okay. but yeah. uh, uh, okay, okay. Now, the thing that's interesting right so it goes it goes both ways and who knows the rumor mills uh and the twitterverse that i've been stalking on the south by southwest conference is is interesting and who knows what's true so there was a lot of trend and stuff on it when it broke that South by Southwest was canceled. And one of the things was like spare talk for the lost income because a lot of the waste staff and the and and a lot of the social staff and the restaurants and the bars, like this is where they make like half half their, yeah. their money comes through in this period for the right. full year. So a lot of them were talking about that. But at the same time, like in, like who knows which one is true and the, the truth is probably in the middle. It was a lot of the locals who were also saying they didn't want it there, right? And yes. so as as a wait staff, I think you're both like worried about your economic future, but right. pretty much relieved that you're not dealing with all the drunkards who are, are sneezing all over the place, dropping right. this stuff and, and so forth. So I think there is there's an element of they're probably safer because right. Like like thousands, hundreds, thousands of people did not descend on them, but right. they're also probably wondering 
how are they yeah. going to make back their money? So I guess exactly. if you're in Texas, tip your wait staff, uh, right. tip them well. And if you're not in Texas, when this is over, go to Texas and tip your wait staff. That's what right. I'm, I'm going to tell say. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And and at the same time, I think you know it's easy to miss the fact that this cancellation is part of another larger trend, you know, it was driven in part by change.org uh, petition that got a lot of action. Yeah. The idea that whether you're in Austin or not, whether you're an epidemiologist or not, one of the ways in which you can activate is to respond to a petition and those petitions can get large events to be canceled. To be clear, this event may have been canceled regardless of whether there was a change.org petition, but it is yeah. interesting that the activation through social media can then drive change in the real world. Yeah. Many times that's a good thing. In this case, it was probably a good thing. But there's also, there is the reality that we're much more risk averse. You know, it reminds me of the precogs from Minority Report. It's sort yeah. of like somebody was, somebody was imagining a really negative scenario. It winds up being a numbers game when you have 10,000 20,000, 50,000 people or more, the chance that a handful of them face a really dire outcome is relatively high. And that's true whether the coronavirus yeah. were there or not. Now you have the likelihood that a handful of them will get the coronavirus. And the exposure is really, is mainly media exposure is yeah. the reason. And then obviously some liability, so maybe, maybe you're sued. But I feel like it's more the impact to the brand would be so negative and the likelihood that those ne those those negative narratives those stories would emerge you know it's after the after the fire festival right where you <laughs> yes. know that it's still in in oh my god it's just blowing my mind but anyway any thoughts on that <laughs> which one you 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 said fire festival and i went oh right that thing no like look like here is like you you know i was i was contemplated what i was going to go down regardless right. of whether they, they canceled it or not. Everyone has got to make this decision for themselves. So there are a couple of thoughts I, I have on this. One, I think the media coverage of this, and we've said it already, is overblown. I think we live in a world where information is thrown at you 24-7, and that right. generally leads to unhappy lives because ignorance is bliss. And in a case like this, like you, you would not have known that this virus was spreading so ferociously if we weren't in this information age. Yep. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Time will tell, right? Because mm -hmm. yes, there's probably a lot of caution in it and, and people are cautious in it, but it probably will contain it a lot quicker yep. than if people were not worried about it. So right. I, I don't know. I am, I am, I will say a couple of things. South by Southwest, uh, I am still 50-50 on how they actually handled it because there was not a lot of news uh, about what they were going to do leading up to it. And I remember yeah. telling you, I think, look, I think they're leaving it up to Austin and Austin's going to cancel it yeah. at the late, at the late, because you could see the social pressure building on the sure. uh, city of Austin and yeah. they had far more to lose than South by Southwest. Right. Uh, and it's also, run. and if the organizers yeah. have someone else who makes the decision, they don't, they're not beat, they're already going to get beat up by the people who yeah. wanted to attend the event. And if they cancel it themselves, it's more likely they get the backlash than if they're told by the mayor to cancel. I think it's a, yeah. it's an easier, uh, easier way to manage the, the cancellation. It, it, it is, but the fact that they seem to have not had contingency plans in place, 
And maybe I, I'm, I'm unfair to them, but the, the fact that they didn't have an alternate strategy, if it got canceled, was like, yeah. so like they were not planning as a business should for, right. for the worst case scenario. Because this was, for me, a, a, a pretty possible outcome that they were going to cancel yeah. it late, late in the game. Yeah, and, the, so, and, and, and maybe the... Yeah, and to your point, the jury may be out too. Yeah. Just like, what, what's the plan now? And then also, it is one of those contingency planning. We talk about it a lot. Yeah. We're like, what's the likelihood of a miss? And then what's, you know, how, how impactful is it? Should impact how much you plan for it? And this became a relatively likely scenario that was extremely yeah. impactful. So like, those are the ones yes. that should bubble up rather than, you know, crossing your fingers and hoping that you'll be able to, to sort of get it in under the wire. Um, but then at the same time, yeah. like the city and the government has been slow, just generally, you know, even right now, when you're talking about the, the, the Johns Hopkins map, you yes. know, that's reflecting the tests that are actually out there and the confirmed cases that we know about. It doesn't actually track the actual cases. And when you see, see a nice data viz on a map, no. looks kind of like war games, you know, like you can see the little explosions in, yeah. in the places where it's dangerous. It has a certain level of truthiness to it but then if you sort of pull back and understand the reality under it i would agree with your pushback on it is smart that we that this thing was canceled i think it was yeah. just more that it was canceled very late and then the the response plan to the cancellation didn't seem like it was ready doesn't seem like it's ready yet i think there's still a little bit of backpedaling to try to get organized about this but I think it's also, it's an economic consideration too, because the city, the city is losing a lot of revenue. So. No, and, and I agree. And, 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 but that's, that's the reality of the situation, right? Like that is what I am. If I'm holding South by Southwest accountable for anything is they should have had a plan in place for this. They could have had a plan in place that said, it was started planning with the city of Austin. Look, we know you haven't made a decision, push it to me, push it to June, like do something, like let us have a backup plan so that there was a, and you could have had the courage knowing that you could see that that position was rising. That position has been out there for three weeks and yeah. gaining a lot of traction. Twitter has been gaining a lot of traction. When when the companies, the pro, high profile companies started to pull up, those yeah. were all opportunities for uh, South by Southwest and the city of Austin, both of them, let's hold them both accountable equally to say, yeah. look, it's not worth it. At this point, we're gonna we're gonna do this, and we're gonna have this plan in place. Either go some virtually, go yeah. some like thing. Because right now, I think I'm we're sitting here, and not not us, but there are a lot of people sitting there, no idea whether they're getting their refunds back, no idea right. whether the hotels money are back. Like all those things should have had a plan in place, in my my opinion, and right. that would have helped. That would have shown a lot more courage and a lot more like understanding on the part of of the event planners. Right. Like it, 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 this was an uh, again foreseeable outcome, mm -hmm. uh, which means you should have planned for it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we'll see. I think we're going to learn more. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll hear more because we are close to the organizers too. Yes. So, like, I do empathize with what anyone who was involved in running these yeah. conferences was going through, because you know to do that on your own, I think is yes. difficult, and and then ultimately it ro it, ro it rolls all the way up to the top. And then meanwhile, there's no communication from the federal government about this type yeah. of thing. The and CDC it, is not saying, you know, is, is not mandating any of these cancellations. I think they're allowing this to be managed at a local 
city level. And that is also interesting to understand too, like how much is falling on mayors in our large urban centers to address both the outbreak and then also the, the policy making, because yeah. this isn't the type of thing that will be managed from the federal government on down. I don't, I don't want to go in depth into how President Trump has been handling this, yeah. but, but it hasn't really, there, there hasn't been any leadership from no, there I, aside from, it's the same thing you're talking about. It's like crossing your fingers. I hope our numbers are low. And then we all know the numbers are kind of false to begin with. Like the, the numbers are going to underreport just like Hurricane Maria's numbers were underreported. Yeah, you know? but that, and that for, for sure, look, and I am sympathetic as someone who also works in a large organization where like every organization, this is unchartered territories for everyone. So I, you, you got to be sympathetic to it. And it is being left up to organizations and local city, right? There is no like, there is no direction on what to do here. It, that that could be the way like America chooses to run their their governments like like everyone decide for themselves. But it is that we are in unprecedented times, and right. so like it may call for more leadership from the top. Like I, my brother and I were joking about it. Like like we like who's in charge of this on our side? It's Vice President Pence, right? And I'm not knocking Vice President Pence, but he is a, a politician. In England, they put a doctor at the head that is working out that he is, that's the person that's course, like doing the, the response. Yeah. And that is a different, that is a different approach because that is saying, look, this is, this is a, this is an epidemic and we right. are going to treat it as such versus this is a political crisis that we have to manage because it is not. And yeah, so, exactly. And not to mention the difference in how the healthcare system in the UK yeah. works, considering that they, they do have national healthcare there, yeah. it makes sense to then allow that to be managed from the top as a healthcare consideration because yeah. the government, you know, already is responsible for national healthcare in the US where that's left, that it's more distributed between states and the federal government. I think that's where it's likely that the response is going to continue to be pocketed. You're going to see flare-ups and issues in the U.S. that you won't see in other countries. We may be lucky that yeah. we don't have as much of the disease that's actually native to the U.S., but I think the response, unlike in China, where, again, it, it seems like they similarly were slow to respond, but then by the time they were able to respond as an authoritarian regime with you know, a command economy, they can just say, this is what we're doing. We're affecting these, this right now. In the US, you have to win the hearts and minds. You know, if, if an individual wants to do something that puts them at risk, which then really extends that risk to others, yeah. we, we were a very you know, libertarian society in, in that way where we do allow individuals to act on their own here. And I think that's a place where, you know, the cancellation of South by Southwest, I think was a signal yeah. that this is serious and that things are going to start changing in a more fundamental way. You know, I was talking to someone from Singapore the other day who, who was saying, you know, again, optimistically was saying that things seem to be getting better, but for three weeks it was mandated that everyone was going to work from home. It wasn't left to individual organizations. It wasn't left to individuals. And there were certain measures taken to check 
to see whether someone who was going to a public space or a public event, whether or not they, they were running a, a, yeah. a fever, and they were able to get that off the ground. That's the type of thing that I don't know whether the U.S. will ever enact something like that. So what I would anticipate is heavy underreported incidents of this, particularly among folks of lower socioeconomic status, because I, I think they, they A, may not believe what's being told to them, and then B, they may not get the message, and then, and then C, they, they may not have the, the, the luxury of staying home because yeah. their life requires them to, you know, maybe they're driving an Uber or maybe they're, they're working multiple jobs that require a manual labor of some kind that require them to physically be present in a populous area where they may contract the disease. And then when they contract it, they may not have the healthcare to yeah. address it. So I would anticipate this to linger in the U.S. Don't, the only countervailing point is that we're coming out of flu season. So like, I think the risk you know, the risk should subside as, as, and it's been such a warm year anyway. So like if spring hits, it, the U.S. warms up, there is some conservatism around going to these big public events. It does seem like we'll get through this by, you know, say late April into May. Like yeah. I think things will start to return to normal, but it seems like it could, it could wind up being much worse than it could have been. And then it all gets back to the precogs. Like, how do you, how do you prevent bad things from happening? And it's particularly difficult in a society where we value individual freedom so much. Yeah, you've touched on a lot of topics there. I can go so many places. Like, we live in, a, we have already established this because we've seen it in other places that we in the East Coast live in uh, this hyped bubble. Right. So I have no idea what Nebraska or South Dakota or like Montana, what's the level of knowledge that's in those areas? Like, are yeah. they getting the same sort of hype circle? And plus, I was thinking they probably are also not getting as much of the infused folks coming in from from other countries right. that are bringing it here. Right? So they're probably also not facing that. So to yeah. the extent that there are not a lot of people going in and out of these places, it may be fine. But that, yeah, right. I have no idea what that equal chamber looks like because I've never I've never been there. But right. I have to imagine they're probably not getting as much of the the crazy, but they're right. probably also not as exposed to it. So I, yeah. I, I guess what I'm thinking is maybe I'm moving to Montana. <laughs> Well, because you're looking at the heat map, right? You're looking at wherever. wherever. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, the heat map is still up in front of me. And it's like, so on that note, that's that's where I'm going to end it today. Maybe yeah. I'm moving to Montana. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's also, it's, it's coming at an interesting time for us and for this show too. Because like we were planning to have plenty of time to dedicate to the podcast while yeah. we were down there. Now we have that time back. So I think yeah. we're still going to use it to some extent. And then it does seem like continuing coverage of this crisis is something that yes. makes sense for the show because we're a we're watching trends and then b the impact to education and to people's lives and the impact of the crazy media echo chambers that are causing we didn't even get into conspiracy theory stuff yes which let's is not another, let's not that's, we're not gonna do that we're not gonna do that 12 <laughs> but but anyway anyway we're my final parting thought, though, it reminds me of back in 2001, after September 11th, you know, we were both in New York, you know, at that, at that time, I remember jokingly using the construct, like, if I stop doing this, the terrorists win. So yes. I remember, you know, if I stop playing poker, the terrorists win. If I stop, 
you know, I was younger. If I stopped going to bars, terrorists win. Happily, I will report that I still play poker and occasionally go to a bar. So, so take that, take that Al Qaeda. But, uh, but I think now if we change our behavior so much so that we all become homebound, we stop being face to face with, with people, we stop taking on a little bit of risk, you know, measured risk, being smart about how we manage our risk profiles. If we all begin to hide too much and get into this dangerous spiral of fear and panic, then I think the coronavirus wins. So I think we got to, we got to navigate the other way the coronavirus wins is we all catch it. So like we got to thread the needle. So like you, you don't want to expose yourself to, to foolish risk, but also you got to continue to maintain your lifestyle, you know, and there's lots of ways in which you can do that. So, you know, don't just get into like, woe is me, you know, throw your hands up in the air, you know, it kind of sucks, but if we really let it shake us too much, then this, this, the coronavirus wins. And, and who wants the coronavirus? Yeah, and for our listener in Montana, I'm coming there soon. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Trending in Education. This segment is with Dan, Dan Strafford. What's going on? Nothing much, hunkering down. Yeah, battening down the hatches. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I wonder what it's like to have unbattened hatches. That's a very good question. They're the ones that kind of like shutters flapping in the wind, right? Is that unbattened? I, I would think so. Like uh, Wizard of Oz, the scene where everything starts, the, the tornado starts coming in. I would assume those are hatches that were yeah. not it's battened also, down. I kind of like it as, we could still workshop it, but as a band name, unbattened hatches. <laughs> good one. I bet. Like synth pop? Yeah, I'm flexible. <laughs> Separately, I, I just want to provide uh, band naming services. So if folks are interested in uh, band names, hit me up, Mike, at Palmer Media. Yeah, palmer.media, excuse me. Yeah. So interestingly, though, Dan, in your check-in, you didn't mention that you're not in Austin, Texas. That is correct. The the coronavirus, the COVID-19, I guess is yeah. its proper name, is how, how we're going about this now, has kept me home. I'm still, I'm a work from home employee. Typically, I've continued to do that. So I've already uh, been in that world, but yeah, we should have been on a flight as we record, uh, heading heading down to Austin. Then obviously we were to appear Wednesday at five as a live podcast. It's a shame. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame, I think. There's obvious real life implications beyond South by Southwest itself, and and we can talk about that. But it's a shame because one, getting together, doing a live show is always fun and always is a great experience. Getting to meet like minded people or not like minded people in the world of education and learn and grow was a really important yeah. thing. And it's just it's all up in the air now. What happens next, and and where do we go from here? Yeah, not to mention uh, good food, barbecue, yep. uh, torchies, breakfast tacos. If you're ever in uh, if you're ever in Austin. The food will treat you right. Typically, the oh, weather yeah, treats yeah. you right. It's just a fun town. It, was, it would have been a fun experience. I'm wondering, are we having some JOMO about it? Are we having some joy in missing it out as well? Because there are negative scenarios that could have been in play. Like, some people were going to catch it, most likely. And then that can just put a damper on everything because everyone's in a defensive footing, really, to begin with. You know, we've had a few days to process the cancellation. Maybe I'm, I've... I've reached the acceptance phase of, right. uh, of DABDA, but I've come around to some of the benefits. You know, I was yes. actually, I was going to bring my wife and son with me still upside of being down there, but like downside of a living in fear and then b tiny 
tiny chance that somebody gets sick. Yep. Even if that somebody's not us, it could limit our ability to travel. So like, et cetera, et cetera. It's a serious thing. The spread of these things is, is legit scary. When you're in that mitigation phase, people just stop moving. And if you stop moving, you stop interacting with each other and the opportunity to transmit the disease just isn't there. Right. So probably the right decision. Uh, Jomo feels right. Uh, jo- it, it, there is a little bit of uh, also a forced decision, right? Yeah. That I didn't have to, without getting to details, my, my wife should not be exposed to more germs due to some health concerns. We were, she was supposed to go as well. So to, to have South by Southwest and South by Southwest CDU, and in fact, the city of Austin and, and yeah. Travis County say it's not happening was almost a weight off our shoulders because yep. we both wanted to go and for her career, for my career, for, for yeah. what we're doing with the podcast, we all sort of wanted to stick it out and say, you know what, it'll be fine. But having them say, hey, it's not happening was a little bit of relief, to be yeah. quite honest, that I didn't have to make that choice. I'm missing out on it. But I think you're right that if you're perfectly healthy, you're a 25 year old and everything's been right as rain in your life from a health perspective, it's not necessarily about you getting sick. Yeah. It's about you getting the virus and then spreading it to someone who does not have that. And it's tough, I think, for a lot of people to get that and to understand that, well, I'm, I'm perfectly healthy. Why can't I go to the movies or why can't I go do X, Y, and Z? It's about the community. It's about the, the larger group. And that is a serious change of focus for some people. And at times like this, you hope those in charge can take the reins and can make the, the choices that are necessary to mitigate, as you said, as much of a spread as possible. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see how it goes. You know, hopefully this, the, the coronavirus is of a category of viruses that includes the flu. And if it behaves like the flu and the common cold, which is also in that same uh, category, it likely will be transmitted less as the weather gets warmer. So typically flu season is starting to wind down around now. So like yep. if the climactic change of things warming up paired with the behavioral change of people, you know, washing their hands better, traveling less, et cetera, et cetera. Certainly the media is getting that information out there. Uh, so people are, are learning. Hopefully it, it settles down and then we just need to be out ahead of it. Should it crop up again next, next winter? So hopefully that's, that's the reality we're living in. It does remind me of the scenario-based thinking, thinking in bets. Like there are percentage chances that things continue to get worse and you want to be prepared in that eventuality. It's very much, you know, managing against unfavorable outcomes and then how unfavorable are those outcomes. So like for us who wanted to, who wanted to be down at South by Southwest, it's unfavorable, but it's less unfavorable than had we traveled and gotten sick or had we traveled and gotten stuck or or had we traveled, caught something and given it to somebody else, you know? So, so a little bit of, a little bit of nostalgia, a little wispiness, wispiness, wistfulness, not wispiness. I mean, there's some wispiness in there too, but I, th- I think something we talked about before everything was canceled was the idea of bunker-based learning yes. uh, as well. And we're seeing it yeah. play out, right? So I just got a notification that Rutgers University canceled classes as of Thursday. Yeah. Uh, Harvard has done it. Princeton has said after uh, spring break, you stay home. Now universities are a little bit more at their own regard to say, hey, students stay away as opposed to obviously high schools, middle schools and, and or public schools, but it's happening. And so how do we transition to an online learning environment for this volume? How do we make sure that students are getting the education they need? And then the secondary thing from a learning perspective and from honestly, from my you know own opinion, a humanity thing, 
students who need school for meals, students whose parents are both working. Like these become these sort of cascading effects yeah. that I don't know we all consider at, at the outset that are really going to be stories of the next probably two to three months when yeah. all is said and done. Hopefully, as you said, everything fades and we're okay and, and we move forward. Yeah. But it, it, it's a lot. There's a lot happening. Yeah. And it's something we're going to continue to track. You know, we'll try to bring in experts. I saw somewhere that like thousands of uh, coronavirus podcasts are now showing up. I can only well. imagine. So, so, so we currently are not launching one. We're just going to hijack this feed occasionally, but we reserve the right to, to begin to talk coronavirus all day, every day. Because it isn't, I mean, there's always news. There's always something new happening. And, and the trends, I think, will be interesting, particularly as they impact education, to your point, Dan. Like, I do think, I saw someone else on Twitter posting recently, I think Jeff Salingo was saying, what's the impact to commencement ceremonies? Mm -hmm. uh, which is an interesting question. Maybe there is some trade-off around the, the weather as, as far as that goes, you know, maybe by the time it's warm enough. But, uh, but some groups, I think even in Japan, commencement frequently happens right around now. So they, they're just canceling commencement and then similarly it's an interesting question for a university do you cancel classes or do you run them online and if you run them online do you actually know how to do that with enough fidelity that you're right. comfortable offering it that is an interesting thing to track to see who's successful at it who has challenges with it and who says they're not even willing to take on the risk they're just going to cancel yep. Same thing with conferences so like what will you know we'll definitely be tracking what south by southwest winds up doing as a make good virtually, because it does look like they're likely to proceed with that. And even if they don't, they're likely going to talk about why they didn't. But I think that is a real interesting question for all of this. And then if you think about the educational services of delivering these types of programs online, you would imagine there's a favorable trend. Like it's kind of like the 2U model, you know, are there, are there online platform managers or program managers who will hop in and say, oh, University X? we can get your program on quickly. Here's what it's going to cost and we can guarantee the results. I would imagine that this will probably accelerate things for organizations that are trying to do that, that type of work. So much there's so, and, and, and learning adjacent, not specific learning adjacent, but the NCAA tournament, you know, right. the, what happens there, the Ivy league just canceled their conference tournament. Right. So Yale is now the outright winner and gets the NCAA bid, but are they going to allow Yale to go to the NCAA tournament? Like right. it, there's a lot, there's a lot that influences students, what students can do, what they can't do. It's, it's become very crazy, like drinking from the fire hydrant. Like there's just, as you said, there's constant news, constant happening. And it was a whole on IQ, I think, point about uh, global change, like a global systemic event that changes learning. We might be living through it. I, I'm not predicting that. Yeah. But there's a possibility here that this is that yeah. moment that things sort of turn even more so towards online learning. Yeah, and I'm, I, I am in fact predicting that because why not, you know? You know, if I'm wrong, who's going to catch? Oh, you'll catch me. And this is being recorded. But, uh, but yeah, who knows? You know, it does seem like some of these trends were already happening. They maybe just weren't moving that fast. And now uh, I think this is accelerating a lot of those trends. Some of them are challenging too because some of them are tied to social isolation and loneliness and, uh, you know, agoraphobia hiding in your basement. It is where modes of interaction that feel like they're in person, telepresence, Good, good video chat. You know, we do record this show from different geographies and it does feel like we're in the same place. So I do think those types of technologies that help build the same kind of connectivity that you would have face-to-face -face online, seeing how they 
lean into this solution. See how, and then when you're talking about sports, I do kind of just out of curiosity, I want to see people play a U.S. like an NBA game in front of an empty empty stadium just for just the, the squeak of the sneakers. Yeah, oh my God. it's fascinating stuff. But uh, something we'll continue to track. Unfortunately, we didn't make it down there, but happy that we're all healthy and still pumping out that quality content. Because if we stop podcasting, Dan, the coronavirus wins. We can't allow that to happen. Dan Stratford, always a pleasure. You'll, we got to get back to the March Madness, too. That, this is not going to interrupt our, our tournament, even if some of these matchups are going to have to be played in front of empty audiences. We are still going to pursue our completion here. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back again soon on Trending in Education. 